later, and uh, he checked into a rehab here in Almani. Uh, God did such a new work, man. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you know, the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes to put your finger on him. Um, I, I would venture to say that some of us here, you know, we're like, well, how do you know if you have the Holy Spirit? Well, I know one thing. If you're Christians, we talked about this last year, you do have the Holy Spirit in you. Uh, but how do you know if you're walking in the Spirit? And I know one thing, man, you know when you don't, huh? <laughs> you know when you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're just being yourself, you know, just being who you are. And, uh, you know, maybe you are better than that person over there. You're maybe raised with greater morals or whatever, but there's nothing really supernatural happening in your life. And so the the study on the Holy Spirit is cool. I hope you guys have been doing your homework. For those of you that do have the book, I know we have been blessed by it this last time he was just really challenging us you know to be led by him and he used the example of when jesus called the rich young ruler to sell everything to give it to the poor and to follow christ now you're here today and then again that doesn't save us you know i can't make a blanket statement here hey you guys need to sell everything give it to the poor and follow christ but what if god called you to do that you see the only way that you would ever know that is if You know, you listen to him. But I really do believe that God is calling us out of our comfort zones. I really do believe that God is calling us to do very radical things because that's what I read in the Bible. That's what I read about the Old Testament. That's what I read about in the New Testament, you know. And so today, last week, we studied about the Holy Spirit in us changing us and how you should be so different because God lives in you. Uh, But today I want to talk about the Holy Spirit leading us. The Holy Spirit leading us. You know, I think we Calvary Chapelites, (laughs) you know, we spend a lot of time feeding and eating the Word of God. And that's necessary, imperative, wonderful. I can't underestimate how important it is to know your Bible. But sometimes I wonder, rather than just feeding and eating, whether or not there's a genuine leading of the Holy Spirit in our life. Or maybe I should say whether or not there's an eagerness inside of us or an expectation or an anticipation or a willingness to follow, truly follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in our life. You know, He wants to lead you. He wants to take you by your hand and lead you through life, not just the big picture, but every single day, every moment of the day. I mean, when was the last time you shared with somebody, you shared the gospel? You know, you went to someone, you start telling them about Jesus, and then you led them in the sinner's prayer to lead them to Christ. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you even planted a seed? You know, to tell someone about Jesus. I mean, if the Holy Spirit's in you, because remember, he's here gathering the bride for Christ. He's here convicting the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. If he's here just wanting the people to get saved, then, you know, we should have that heart for the lost. And, you know, we should be sharing with them. And maybe you hear it and you're like, well, I don't have the gift of evangelism, man. I don't know how to do the Romans road or whatever. And I think a lot of you here do. But let me ask you a question. Can you reach into your pocket and give them a Hey, you know, here is a, a, a service going on. Sunday's, you know, 10, 12, and 8. I forgot the times. Yeah, it's 8, 10, and 12. You know, here, you know, come. And they're all, no, no habla inglés. And you're like, oh, okay. I got one right here for you, man. It's in Spanish, you know. And by the way, here's something for you to read, man. Is there a hole in your heart? 
Do you have an emptiness inside of you that you know you need more in your life? Here, read this right here. You're going to read how God can fill the void in your heart. I mean, it's so amazing, you know, but a lot of times we won't even do that. Why not? Why can't you give one of those to the gal at Jack in the Box? Why not? You know, I've been talking to new believers and it's so cool how they're so excited, man. The radical things that God is doing in their life. Some of the guys that go down with us to feed the, the poor on Wednesday, it's just amazing, man. Some of the guys, they've been walking with the Lord for decades. I still see the fire in their heart. But a lot of times I don't see that in Christians. And it's because we're really not being led by the Lord. The Bible says, Galatians 5.18, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. In Romans 8, 14, it says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I mean, even Jesus was led by the Spirit. We read the same thing over in Mark 1, 12, but it says immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. And so we really have to have that mentality, the, the desire, just the understanding to, to know that the Lord wants to lead us in life. He wants to drive us in life. And that should be our everyday desire. When we're led by the Spirit, it's proof that we're kids of the King. If we're led by the Spirit, then the yoke of the law and even the condemnation of the law has no power over you as God's people. When we're filled with the Spirit, we'll be led by the Spirit and He'll take us to places. He will spiritually, emotionally, physically take you to places where you would have never ever thought of going i will never go to the wilderness who's going to go to the wilderness i'm going to the beach i'm going to starbucks i'm not going to the wilderness i'm going to hawaii you know but when you're led by the spirit he takes you spiritually emotionally physically to places where you normally wouldn't go and that's exactly what happened to the lord jesus christ jesus was driven into the wilderness the bible says philip was called to the desert we'll read that in acts chapter 8 william carey amy carnichael they went to india david livingstone sailing to africa jim elliott to the jungles of ecuador what about you where is the Holy Spirit telling you to go? And I'm not saying that you necessarily have to go and be a missionary in a foreign land, but we need to be led by the Lord. Paul the Apostle, bound in the Spirit, fervently following the Spirit to Jerusalem. What for? To get arrested? That's what for. To get arrested and then to be chained and imprisoned and then there for years, but writing letters that would change the world? You know, and of course, these are big examples. Not all of us are called to be missionaries, but that does not in any way minimize the fact that we as children of God must be led by the Spirit of God, which inevitably leads to, I think, the next question, and that is this. Well, then how, how does the Spirit lead us? And how do I know if I'm supposed to go to Africa? How do I know if I'm... I'm supposed to go to McDonald's and witness to these young guys. How, how do you know if you're supposed to pick up that phone and call that individual that the Lord's kind of been laying on your heart? How do you know when it's him or, or when it's you? How do you follow the Lord? How do you follow the Holy Spirit in life? Well, I'd like to share with you this evening three ways that the Spirit of God leads the people of God. And for the first one, let's go over to... Psalms 119. 
as we try to figure out, okay, all right, how are we led by the Spirit? And the first one I think is pretty obvious to us. Number one, we are led scripturally. We are led scripturally. Psalm 119, if you go over to verse 105, a very common verse, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. He leads us, as Pastor Steve Mays would say, by the light of his word, huh? By the light of the word. Pastor Steve borrowed the name of his radio program from Psalm 119, 105, where again it says, your word, think about that, your word is a, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, see, the word of God is, is, is what leads us in life. How do you know you should stop having sex before marriage and stay pure? How do you know that? Well, the Holy Spirit reveals this to you in his word. Yeah, but I just don't feel led. Too bad. It doesn't matter how you feel. What matters is that you follow. And the Bible says we need to stay pure sexually until we get married. You see, we're going to get into the fact that the Holy Spirit leads us personally later and congregationally later. But before we get there, we need to make sure we lay a firm foundation of the fact that the Holy Spirit leads us scripturally. You know, he leads us with principles and precepts of his word And remember this, he will never lead you personally or congregationally if it does not line up scripturally. That's why it's so important to be in the word, man. You got to be in the word every day. You got to be reading your Bible. You got to continue to hunger and thirst after him as he reveals himself to you in the word. To have the word in you, to be in it, to read it and heed it, to love it and live it and learn it. To be in the word. And then the spirit will lead you. First of all, scripturally. I'm sure most of you know Ephesians 6.17 calls the word of God the sword of the spirit. And we really need to see it that way. Peter said in 2 Peter 2.19-21 that the Old Testament writers were inspired by the spirit of God. You see, this is his voice. The Bible. The Old Testament writers, they were carried along by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God told them what to write. And even the New Testament, Jesus said in John 16, 12 and 13, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. You see, when you are led scripturally, you're led spiritually. You're led by the Holy Spirit. The whole Old Testament is the Holy Spirit speaking. The whole New Testament is the Holy Spirit speaking. Because there, when Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth, that's primarily a reference to the inspiration of the New Testament by the Holy Spirit. You see, he's an agent of the Almighty. Whatever the Father told him to say, he said sent by the Father and the Son, and He would guide them, and even now us, into all truth. He would tell them things to come. That is the prophecy of the New Testament. And so when you're led by the Spirit of God, you're led by the Word of God. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, you're filled with the Word of God. And so I encourage you to continue to be in it like crazy, not just in the morning, 
you know, not just in the nighttime, but man, open it up in the middle of the day and just start reading it, asking the Lord to speak to you, you know, bringing your burdens to him, your situations to him, your cares to him, your questions to him. And isn't it so cool that as you're just reading the word and you're in the word, there's no other book like the Bible. There's a lot of other cool books out there, but man, there's no book like the Bible to be reading the Bible and just, man, saturating yourself in the scriptures. And it's like a, a bag of tea. I showed you guys before the how, how strong is the tea going to be well it depends on how long you know the, the bags in the water how long are you in the water <laughs> i'm serious man when your heart's right and you're just longing for the lord and there's a lot of other christian stuff to do and there's a lot of other christian radio programs to listen to and there's a lot of other things that people do there's so much christian paraphernalia but what about just you and the holy spirit and the bible and I've learned this in life that it's just when it's just you and the Holy Spirit and the Bible that you are stronger. You see, the Spirit leads us scripturally. And it's so cool because what he does is whatever your situation is and whatever you're going through in life, you're reading through the word and you're in the Gospels always and Proverbs and Psalms, Old Testament, New Testament, whatever it is. And as you're reading through just all of a sudden, boom, he gives you what you need to hear. And as you're seeking him, what ends up happening is you find him. You see, as we're led by the Spirit, it's important to know that we're scripturally led. It's important to have that foundational, fundamental truth. So that when someone starts a church down the street and says that homosexuality is okay, and they say they're spiritual, you can tell them, no, you're not. <laughs> The Spirit of God would never contradict the Word of God. We're led scripturally, right? Or if that denomination engages in the ordination of women pastors claiming that the Spirit's leading, you can tell them, no, he's not. 1 Timothy 2.12 is very plain, solid, and simple. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. That's not spiritually led. Or when they want to slay you in the spirit, knock you down, or want you to speak in tongues simultaneously, spiritually, they say, you can say, sorry, that's not only non-biblical, that's anti-biblical. It's not scriptural, so it's not spiritual. And you see the Holy Spirit, what he does is he anchors us in the word. And then as you're anchored in the word, and then you begin to open up more to the spirit of God, because you have a good anchor. And what the Lord does is a very healthy work in and through our life. First Thessalonians 5.21, it says, Test all things, hold fast what is good. And so whatever the you know, situation is, you test it. Is this the Lord? How do you test it? Well, you test it according to the scriptures. The word test is the Greek word domikazo, and it means to examine, to scrutinize. It was a word used of the testing of metals to determine whether it was genuine or not. And when it comes to the declarations and deeds of the church, we need to test all things according to the scriptures. Some of you here, thank God you were saved in a Calvary Chapel. I know I was. And, you know, not that we're the perfect church. We need to really open up more, I think, to the Holy Spirit, you know. But in the beginning, that's how it was. But some churches are really far out there on that side. And, 
you know, they call it holy laughter and the whole congregation starts cracking up and busting up and, you know, losing control and they think it's the spirit of God or they start barking, you know, and I just don't, I can't even begin to fathom. Everybody start barking. Let's watch. Let's try it. Let's try it. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just weird to me, you know, and you're just like, well, that's not the Lord. That's not biblical. You know, thank God we've kind of had at least been taught anyways that balance But what ends up happening is we test everything according to the scriptures. And so the spirit leads us, first of all, scripturally. Now, at the same time, though, some have gone to the other extreme, not able to distinguish the difference between human methods and divine principles. And so what they do a lot of times in churches is they have man-made rules and regulations and they resist the spirit. No, Manny, we don't do it that way. No, we've never done it that way and resist the spirit. And in their constant questions and criticisms, they quench the spirit. And so, you guys, we need to be cautious of both extremes. We've got to have that biblical balance. You know, we need, and I'm telling you, even though, you know, Calvary Chapel has a dove right here, man, we need more of the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. We need more New Testament Christians, radical, crazy love Christians. We really need that. You guys, I don't know about you, but I've seen it, and sometimes I'm guilty of it, where people are just not really living supernatural lives. And that's why we got to wake up. Like I said last week, the expectations, I think, for us, you know, considering the fact that God lives in us, God lives in us, it's greater. It's greater. You know, I don't know about you. I don't know how it's been. I've been having a few victories every once in a while. And even this last week, you know, when I had a couple of victories, I was right afterwards, you know, I didn't get angry or whatever the case may be. I was all, thank you, Lord. (laughs) You know, you're working in our life. And as we step out, you know, the Lord will be glorified. This building right here on Valley, a large part of the reason I think that, you know, I kind of am open to it is because I know we can't do it. You know, there's no way that we could do this, man. There's no, the city is already, you can talk to Martin, they're already saying, what? You're crazy, you know? And, you know, but hey, you know, the Lord's already taught us that he can. And so when it comes through, whatever it is that he wants us to do, then what's the explanation? Is it because Manny was so good or, you know, whatever Marco, you know, Martin, you know, Gabe? No, we're going to all together in unison say, God. God and the whole world that watches will say God. See? And that's the way we have to have that heart. We have to have that understanding. It's important to have that foundation so that we can test all things. Now, again, be careful you don't go to the other extreme. You know, if you take a good look at church history, okay, those of you guys who, you know, just glance through church history ever since the Protestant Reformation, you'll find that the movements of God became machines and then they became monuments. And then the movements became old wineskins. So God had to move on to other usable vessels, not because they weren't right in their doctrine or beliefs, but because they were cemented and set in certain man-made ways. I mean, the Lutherans, the Methodists, and you can go on and on down all the different denominations that, you know, eventually God had to say, okay, now I'm going to move here. Now I'm going to move here. When they first became a machine and then a monument, it wasn't because they were off theologically. Now they are. Some of them, some of the branches of them are. But then it wasn't. Then 
The problem was they were not open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. Now, 1 Corinthians 14.40, it says, Let all things be done decently and in order. And I've shared with you before, I think that's a great balance. You know, some people like to emphasize, let all things be done. And so some churches are crazy. Let all things be done. Anything and everything. All things be done, you know. Others like to emphasize decently and in order. Nothing emotional. Make sure it's all traditional. Before you make that move, is there enough money in the bank? And do you really mean God wants to lead us over there? There's no water over there. And so rather than all things be done, then only small things are done because they don't believe in God anymore. Oh, I believe in God. Yeah, you believe in God. How much though? How much do we believe in God? We need to test all things, hold fast what is good, but even earlier there in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19 and 20, Paul said, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. And so the first one I think that we need to really have in our heart is that God leads us scripturally. And so I think for us Calvary Chapelites, I think that, you know, we, we kind of know that one pretty good. At least you should anyways. But let's move on to the second one now, and that is that God leads us personally. God leads us personally. You know, Revelation 2 and 3, Jesus said seven times, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, I really do believe that God, by His Holy Spirit, speaks to every single one of us here. I really do believe that. You know, some might say, no, that's just Jesus speaking in the book of Revelation and there's no new revelation. And, you know, I do agree that there is no new revelation. You can't add to the Bible. The faith has been delivered once and all for the saints. Jude 3, Revelation 22, 18. I know that. And whenever we form church precepts or principles, beliefs or behavior, though, we got to make sure that we ask a, a few questions. And so does Lord, the Lord lead you personally? Does God have your cell phone number? Does he send you text messages? No, not me. Am I a Facebook friend with God? Are you? Does God speak to you? You know what? I really do believe that he does. You know, whenever you're forming beliefs or behavior, doctrines or deeds as a Christian, there's three things that you want to test it by. Number one, did Jesus preach it or practice it? Number two, is it in the epistles? Or number three, is it in the book of Acts? If you can you know, satisfy all those three requirements, it's something safe, something you can stand on. Number one, did Jesus preach or practice being led personally? Absolutely. We read that earlier, right? We saw in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. You see, the Spirit led Jesus. We read that within the scriptures, clearly taught not only in the Gospels and Christ's life, but also in the epistles, Galatians 5.18. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Speaking to individuals, in Romans 8.14, it even makes that individual aspect even more solid, where it says, but as many as are led by the Spirit are sons of God. You see... We need to be led. And here's where for all of us here, 
it, it, it really gets down to the nitty-gritty where the rubber meets the road. Are you following the Holy Spirit? Is He truly leading your life? Do you hear His voice? You know, when we see the book of Acts, uh, we read it, and the Spirit of God is mentioned 65 times constantly in the book of Acts, personally leading the apostles. Let's look at a few examples together, if you would. Over in the book of Acts, chapter 8. In Acts, chapter 8, what was going on, just to give you just a real quick background, is that the Lord was moving in Samaria in a, in a great way. So much so that the, the guys from Jerusalem came to Samaria Philip was there. Philip was part of that whole work. He was really ingrained in that whole work. But then we read in Acts chapter 8, look what it says in verse 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Now, this is a quick side note. Not only can we be led by the Spirit, we can be led by angels. Is anybody here open to that, just out of curiosity? See, God God is alive, and there are angels all around. And you know, the Lord sometimes can speak through an angel. Here we see Philip was, was led by an angel of the Lord. And so it says in verse 27, He arose and he went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And I know a lot of you here know the story. You know, the Ethiopian eunuch had traveled a long way. And he went to the temple expecting to find something special there, and he didn't. And so he's going home thinking, you know what, I'm just the same. Nothing really is going on in my heart. But the Lord sent Philip to him. And so what ends up happening, it says there in verse 29, then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. The Spirit spoke to him. He said, I want you to go over there. And things would change spiritually. Things would change emotionally. Things would change physically. You know, I don't know if he had to run fast, but somehow he had to go and he had to maybe do a little, you know, jogging. Catch up to the chariot. Hey, hey, can I talk to you? Would you ever do that? You know, this uh, Toyota Camry starts driving by the parking lot right here. And the Spirit of the Lord says, hey, I want you to go catch up to that Camry. Would you do it? You know, you're running and you're, oh, man, hey. And the person's like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> and the Lord says, oh, I was just testing you. No, I'm just joking. See, when it's the Spirit, you know it's... It's it's true, and what God ends up doing is it's an amazing thing. You know, sometimes I think that just that, that, that step of faith is what he honors. And that's exactly what ended up happening, is the Spirit of God led Philip intimately and personally. You know, some, unfortunately, tragically, they would look at that and say, that doesn't happen anymore. Why not? Where does the Bible say it doesn't happen anymore? Now, I'm not here saying it has to happen to you every day, but I'm here saying to you that it can. I'm here saying to you today that the Spirit of the Lord speaks to us. I think we just need to listen.
We see it in Philip. We see it later in Peter. If you want to go over to Acts chapter 10 and verse 17, Peter, remember, had been given this vision. God was going to change everything and go ahead and eat, you know, sausage biscuit. Peter said, no, I don't think I can, you know, and and the Lord was really just speaking to him, right? And then in verse 17, now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter thought about the vision, it says the spirit said to him, behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. The the Spirit of the Lord spoke to him. You know, and one day someone comes knocking at your door. You're like, oh no, it's them again. You you roll down the blinds real slowly and you run to the back room, (laughs) right? And the Spirit's trying to talk to you. Hey, go talk to them. Uh, This is who they are, and this is what I want you to say. You know, but we're not open. Why? We already have our mind made up. I'm not going to catch up to that Camry. That sounds dumb. And I'm not going to answer the door. That sounds dangerous. And we have to be so careful, you guys. The Spirit of the Lord, he, He speaks to us. He leads us scripturally. He leads us personally. You know, it's kind of interesting. Peter here knew it was the Spirit of the Lord. As a matter of fact, if you go over to Acts chapter 11, in verse 12, when he's conveying the story to the leaders there in Jerusalem, he says there in verse 12, the Spirit told me to go with them. How do you know someone's voice? Well, you get to know them. I know my 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 friends' voices. They're different voices. It's kind of funny. Shelly, whenever she would see a dove like that, she would say, oh, my friend, my friend. And so we have little doves at the house. My friend, you know, she's funny, you know. But you get to know his voice. You see, this is the type of relationship that we need to have with the Lord. If you go over to Acts chapter 13, look what it says in verse 1. It says, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. You see, the New Testament church, man, there was no mistake who was in charge. It was the Holy Spirit. He was leading them and guiding them and speaking to them. And as we have that heart to say, Lord, please speak to me, I believe that he will. You know, it's kind of interesting when you look at the different scenarios, whether it be Philip, who is in the middle of that great work in Samaria, just serving the Lord, or Peter, who had gone up to pray. Here we see the church was being taught the word of God. They were just on fire for the Lord. They were fasting. They were seeking God. And so God really began to speak to them. Now, we need to develop this type of relationship. You know, how how do I develop that relationship? You know, I I don't know, man. You know, all I know is this, you know, that you got to be in the spirit. 
You've got to be dialed in. You've got to be a believer in that God would lead your life personally. You have to have an obedient heart and a listening ear. As a matter of fact, there's another really cool story. If you go over to Luke chapter 2, because I know there might be some here today saying, well, that'll never happen to me. I'll never really hear the Holy Spirit speaking. And my heart goes out to you, man, because you know what? You can. We just got to dial in. We just have to say, Lord, here am I. I'm surrendered. I want to obey you. And you watch, man. He will lead you in life. Here in Luke chapter 2, it's a great story. It says in verse 22, Now when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, speaking of Mary after she had given birth to Jesus, it says they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. It says, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And here it is. This man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. I love that. And I think there might be a key there to this whole thing. He was just, he was devout, he was sold out, he was surrendered, he was completely consecrated to God. And it says he was waiting. He was waiting. And like I shared with you guys before, it's not just like a foot tapping thing, looking at your watch, what time is it waiting? It's a waiting that means I know God is coming. It's a waiting that says, I know God is moving. I expect it. I anticipate it. I know that today is not just another night. And when he was there, knowing the Lord was coming, looking for him, look at his heart. It says in verse 26, that it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. I mean, the Holy Spirit had communicated to him something he wouldn't read in the pages of Scripture, that God had given him a personal promise that he, with his own eyes, would see the Messiah. The Holy Spirit had told him that. And for a lot of us here, we need promises like that. And the Lord will give you promises for your children. The Lord will give you promises for the ministry. And the Lord will give you promises for your life. And he just wants to give them to us. Because what that does is that even begins to fuel our faith even more. He gives us personal promises. Things that, you know, you can't really read in the Bible and claim it for yourself unless the Lord gives it to you. But you're not going to have that if you're not willing to be just and devout. And if you don't have the faith that says, I know God is going to move. You see, that's who Simeon was. This guy had the Holy Spirit all over him. It's cool. Look what it says in verse 27. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms. I mean, think about that. You go and you're going to take your child to do some type of, you know, ceremony and some you know, homeboy comes and he grabs your kid. There, let me hold him, you know. But man, Simeon just knew it was the spirit of the Lord giving him that boldness. And he took him up in his arms and he blessed God. And he said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared 
before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. God spoke through him. Prophecy. You see, this is what God wants for our life. You know, a lot of times we won't have that concealed will because we're not willing to obey the revealed will. But when you begin to obey the revealed will, the things that are, you know, plain and, and simple, love your wife as Christ loved the church, you know, submit to your husband as unto the Lord. I mean, you name it, honor your parents, raise your children in the ways of the Lord. Don't compromise. I mean, you begin to just do the things that God wants you to do, the revealed will. And all of a sudden, the flip side to that is the concealed will. And God begins to show you things like that. You know, I think of Samuel who early in his life at 12 years old began to cultivate that type of relationship with God. You know, when he was just a young guy, he was, you know, faithful and he was there serving at the ministry and his mom knew there was a calling on his life and and she gave him to the Lord and, you know, when he was weaned and so he was raised there in the temple. Really good kid, really, really good kid. But he didn't know the voice of the Lord yet. He didn't know the voice of the Lord. And so when the day came and God began to speak to him, Samuel, Samuel, he went to Eli. Hey, what, what do you want? You know, I, I'm not talking to you. Get back to sleep, man. Uh, and the Lord comes again, Samuel, Samuel. And he goes up to Eli. And, and you know, Eli, eventually what he says is, you know what? God's speaking to you. And so the next time you hear that voice, this is what I want you to say. Eli said, when you hear that voice again, go and lie down. And it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant listens. And I think that's what God wants for us. Speak, Lord, for your servant listens. And you begin to cultivate an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. And you begin to discern the voice of God in your life. I'm telling you this right now, and I just hope and pray that you believe me, that God loves you so much that he wants to talk to you. And he wants to take you by the hand and he wants to lead you through life. You see, the Holy Spirit leads us scripturally. He leads us personally. And then we'll close with this real quick. He leads us congregationally. And by that, I mean that as we're gathered together and we're part of a church, don't go isolate yourself. You know, you're part of a church, a family. Then the Lord begins to use other people to help you and to guide you in life. And sometimes, you know, it's just through the counsel, which is so important. The Bible says in a multitude of counselors are safety. But other times it's through the gifts of the Spirit. You know, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, supernatural prophecies that people begin to speak over your life. And as they're speaking, because God's speaking through them, the Lord leads us. We see that over in the book of Acts a, a couple of times. We don't have time to turn there, but if you can, later on, you can read about Agabus in Acts chapter 11, where it says that through him, the Holy Spirit showed them that there was going to be a famine in Jerusalem. And so what they did is they determined to send relief to Jerusalem. You see, they were led by this prophecy. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through them. 
And we see that happening other times later in Acts 21, verses 8 and 11, Acts 15, verse 28, where the prophecies were spoken through individuals foretelling or forthtelling God's word. You know, I've shared with you guys before how the Lord used this. Um, uh, and even, in, you know, me coming to Almani, you know, how the Lord, you know, spoke of scripture to my heart and he had it there on the writing. And then someone called me up and, and gave me the same scripture, Deuteronomy 31, 6. And that's definitely supernatural. That's prophecy. That's God speaking, you know, leading and guiding our life. Because I was at a crossroads. I had to make a decision and I was praying and praying and praying. God, guide me. I don't know what to do. And so the Lord is so faithful. He came through. He supernaturally spoke to me. You know, I remember words of wisdom, words of knowledge that were spoken over my life. People that would come up to me and tell me things that I was praying in my prayer closet that no one else knew. That's a word of knowledge. The Lord wants me to tell you this. And then there are words of wisdom in which they would say, now this is what the Lord wants. And of course, you don't, you know, just follow them. You test everything. But when it's the Lord, it's so cool because it's obvious. I mean, we got weird people out there. You got, might have some wolf come up to you. Guy comes up to you and says, hey, the Lord told me that you're supposed to marry me, right? <laughs> and you tell him, no, that's not the Lord. That's a devil. Get, get behind me, Satan. You know, that's not the way he operates. You know, but don't despise prophecies. And if you have the gift of prophecy or if you have the gift of words of wisdom and knowledge, you know what? Undig it. Take steps of faith. Use it. I get so blessed by people who do that. And the Lord speaks to us. You know, I remember when we were praying about this building right here, we got together with all the overseers and their wives and we we're just praying and talking and having a powwow. And, you know, by the time it was all done, two hours later and the smoke was cleared, we still didn't know what to do. <laughs> and so one of the gals, Diana, she came up and she slipped me a real little note. It was a real little note. And the Lord spoke through the note. The Lord used her. The Lord uses people. You know, one time a person came up to me and they gave me a prophecy. It helped me make a decision here. Of course, you test everything. But it's the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit congregationally leading us as a church. I pray, you guys, we'd be open to the Holy Spirit. You know, these studies and these videos and your homework. I mean, it's not enough. It's it's not enough. You know, but I think the cool thing is that we've taken time, six, seven weeks, and then we'll get back into the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to continue to teach through the Bible, you know, like we always do. But, you know, you get back on track. But in the meantime, I think there's just an, a, a, an expression. There's a declaration. There's hopefully us here in the city of Almani getting God's attention and saying, Lord, um, we don't want to do this on our own strength anymore, Lord. We need you. We need you, Lord, to change us. We need you, Lord, to lead us. And Holy Spirit, uh, we believe in you. We believe that you love us so much that you would be willing to lead us every single day of our life. And so, Lord, I'm just stopping and I'm saying today, speak. For your servant, Lord, I want to listen. And so let's pray. Lord, we thank you 
for your word and your love and your grace. And like I said, and, and I know, Lord, you know, and we can't make it happen. But I'm beginning to see it happen more. I see lives, I see miracles, Lord, that are taking place. And I just want to say thank you, Holy Spirit. You're as gentle as a dove, and yet you're as ferocious as fire. You're the water of our life, you're the oil of healing. Lord, you're the wind. We might not see you, but we definitely see the effects. And so, Lord, I pray that you bless this congregation, that you would just continue, Lord, to empower us and just take over, Lord. Just take over our lives. Holy Spirit, I pray if there's anyone here today, right now, that's in bondage, I can just you see the chains, the shackles in their life. You can see the demons that surround them. Lord, I pray you break the shackles. You set them free. Together we pray, Lord, that the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, would send those demons right now away. Away. Send them to the swine. Send them to the pit before their time. Lord, I pray that just, Lord, the the cloud, the dark cloud, that hovers over that man right now would be lifted and the rays of the sun or would touch their life. I pray, Father God, for that, that woman who right now, Lord God, is, finds herself, um, she feels so alone, so alone. And yet she is, she's not alone. None of us are, Lord. You're with us. And so, Lord, I pray today you lift our countenance. You bring salvation. You bring sanctification. As we open up, Lord, to you and the power of your Holy Spirit in our life. Again, thank you, Father. Thank you so much. Do a new work in our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name. Yeah.